I was glad when they said unto me, let me go into the house of the Lord. I don't know about you guys, but I love being with our spiritual family, excited about what God is doing. I mean, it is incredible in the life of our family how God is blessing. Since Easter, from Easter weekend until last weekend, Mother's Day, hundreds of adults have gotten involved in discipleship groups, learning the Word of God together. Hundreds of families have said, we're either going to join or we're going to increase our level in the generosity journey and bringing our offerings to God. Since from Easter weekend until Mother's Day weekend, 255 people have gone forward in believers' baptism and said yes to Jesus. So... It's incredible. Thank you, promisers, for all that you do. Thank you, folks that give, that are faithful, that serve. Man, we're just grateful. You know, our theme for this year is New Rivers and New Roads. It comes out of Isaiah chapter 43. Do not call to mind the former things or ponder the things of the past. Behold, God says, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? God said, I will even make a roadway of the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The rivers flow down, bringing provision so that we can follow the roadways up into God's vision. And so God is doing a new thing in people's finances, in their faith, through the series launch pad that we're in now. And so God is doing incredible things. So we want to remember to get in and get on the new roads and new rivers. I pray over you every day that the thousands that God will open our minds to thousands of new rivers and new roads. So we need to get to get in and get, get in and get on. Get in and get new rivers and new roads. Man, we're going to drill that in. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you would love to experience what the Bible and historically we call revival? How many of you love to experience a supernatural move of God? Well, uh, God spoke to me a couple weeks ago. I'd had some minor surgery and uh, was recovering and just got to spend more time than normal with the Lord. By the way, had, again, had surgery, but I'm going to have to have a second surgery this week because found out Friday I have a double hernia, so I'm moving a little slow today. So a little grace, please. Pray for me trying to get that. I'm going to tell you, getting old is not for sissies. That's just all I can say right now. Come on. It's just ugly. I now know why old people are mean because they hurt all the time. And so <clears throat> just is. But, but as, as, as I was really praying, the Lord spoke to me, and I, you guys know I don't use that terminology much, but I truly believe God gave me what the Bible calls a rhema. It's a direct revelation. And I believe God spoke to me that revival's coming, get ready. And so right now we have an opportunity to get ready. How do we get ready for revival? Well, there's some things that we do. We get all of our campuses ready. We get our maximum seating ready. We get about four or 500 new people who are sitting on the sidelines who are not serving to get in the game and begin serving so that when the crowds swell and God's glory falls, that we are ready to take care of everything from kids to parking to production and all the stuff that goes on. We, we get a couple, new, a couple hundred new adults trained and ready to lead small groups that will disciple these new people that will come. So, you know, it's just like getting ready for a harvest in an agrarian society. you got to get your barns ready. So I believe it's going to be a supernatural summer getting ready for what God is going to do. Would you all agree with that? So welcome all of our campus. We love you guys. God behind bars. Great to be Morgan County. 
Come on, Bledsoe, you guys get 200. I'm coming back, live worship. So can't wait to be with you guys. So it's exciting. Welcome across all of our campuses. Uh, we're thrilled about what God is doing. Anderson County, by the way, man, you guys are killing it over there. Uh, our fastest growing campus right now is our Anderson campus. So come on, man. Way to go, Robbie. So we're in this series called Launchpad, helping families blast off into just fantastic families. But would you agree that the family in America is under attack? See, it's not just a crossfire. It is multiple angles and multiple directions, and that attack is coming. And every time I hear that another faith promise family has failed or fragmented, it just tears a little piece of my heart because I believe we ought to have the power of God on our lives and on our homes and our families that we don't just survive, but we thrive. Are y'all with me? And so that's part of what this series is about. God is working in this series to help launch families to a new level of being healed. New courses are being charted. New levels of love and leadership and legacy are there, igniting us to help transform another generation. Are y'all with me? Because God has called us to that. We have every month about 3,000 children in our preschool and kids ministry. We have about 2,000 in our high school and middle school ministry, unique people that come every month that we need to pour into. Not to mention this past week, Santa Fe High School. What is wrong with a generation where when somebody's mad, they go take a dad's gun and go kill the people they don't like at high school? How broken can this next generation be? When I was a kid, if you didn't like somebody, you whooped them. Are you with me? Then you got expelled and, you know, then you came back and you were friends after that. Now we kill people. The enemy is taking and tearing out a generation, and we're simply not going to have it. Amen? Man, we are going to pour into this next generation to be all they can be. Now, what we know is every parent, grandparent, every guardian, every boy, every girl, we want our best life. Would you agree with that? We want to experience our best life right now, so we all want to launch into our best life, which is what God has planned, because God always comes up with a better plan than we do. And when we launch into life, your family of origin has an enormous part to play in whether you're able to break gravity or not, whether you're able to launch into an incredible life or not. Matter of fact, for many of us, we've not learned to overcome some of the failures that happened on the launch pad that we grew up in. Hebrews chapter 12 says this, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, that's all the people of faith that have gone before us that are cheering us on in this race. So what do we do? We lay aside every encumbrance, everything that's keeping us from launching, and every sin which easily entangles us to keep us from launching, and let us run the, with endurance the race that is set before us, Fixing our eyes where? On Jesus, who knew how to break orbit, who knew how even in death he erupted back into life. And so, you know, we, we need to learn because when you were a kid, when the younger you were, the less say you had. You didn't get to pick your clothes. You didn't pick your school. You didn't pick what you were to eat. The younger that you were, the less choices that you had. Would y'all agree with that? We just didn't, we didn't get to make any choices. And so other people took us where we took us where we 
uh, where we might or might not have wanted to go. Does that make sense? That's just what happens to us when we're, when we're kids. And so it's, it's really, I think this generation of parents is probably more concerned than any generation in the history of America about what's going to happen to our kids. It keeps us up. Not, not are they going to get married, are they going to do well? I mean, are they going to make it? And what do I do as a parent to pour into them? Though scripture says, train up a child in the way that he or she should go. When they are old, they will not depart from that way. And so everybody, parents, grandparents, and children, and everywhere in between, let's think about this. Where are you leading your children? Where are you leading them? I mean, where are you taking them? Is it athletics and academics? Those things are great. There's nothing wrong with those. But it should be God first, shouldn't it? And see, the problem is because many of us, the majority of us, our parents did not disciple us. And because people do what people see, we therefore don't disciple our kids because it wasn't modeled for us. Therefore, we simply don't know how to do it. So faith promise, where are we leading the next generation? It matters. It, it, it's a matter of great urgency with our teams and with our ministries. It, it, it matters more than you know. And I always wonder why, it's, it's shocking to me, that we have to promote and encourage you to get your kids to camp. That always boggles my mind. Because, see, when, I was, when, when my kids were little, I wanted all the help I could get in leading my kids to love Jesus. So I never looked at my kids and said, hey, do y'all want to go to camp? Is that okay? Or would you rather stay home and play video games all day? I never asked when my kids became teenagers, do you want to go to summer camp? No, no. It was, hey, you're going to summer camp. And I watched God transform my kids when they were involved in those things. Radical decisions of following Jesus were made. And so I'm, I'm, I'm just, we ought to be saying we need more room. Because everybody wants their kids, rising third through fifth graders, everybody wants their kids to go to camp. Shouldn't we? Come on, see, you're the disciplers. We just partner with you to help you. In the same way with movement, we've got some of the greatest preachers in the world coming this summer with movement. And you say, we want our kids to go, but man, we can't afford it. We never let money stop it at Faith Promise. You let whatever campus you're at, you let, you let that... That ministry leader, no, we'll help you. Come on, man, get your kids there. Now, it's so huge about how we train the next generation because the launch pad really helps determine to a great level whether we're gonna, whether we're gonna launch to a great height in our life or not, our best life. It, it, it's, and it, it's, it's critical that we, we get it right. Some of us, it didn't, it didn't start out right, sort of like the movie Infinity Wars. There's going to be a part two. There better be a part two. Or I'm going to be really mad. Because when I go to a movie, I want it to end, and they all lived happily ever after. I want the hero to win and the villain to die, and I want it to be wonderful. It was a horrible movie. I'm not going to, no spoiler alert, but there better be a part two. Well, in this, in this message, we rarely do a two-part message, but this weekend, you're going to get the second part next weekend. So we're going to build the story. Some of you are going to know what we're going to talk about and, and others. So make sure to be here next weekend. And be faithful this summer. 
If you're going on vacation, go enjoy it. Get online. I was on our online campus two weeks ago after surgery. Greta led that. It was, incre- it was an incredible experience. Man, get your kids around the condo and plug in. And when you say, what are we going to do? Hey, we're joining our family. Show your kids, come on, that worship in the house of God is more important than the team they play for. So, so God, would you open our hearts and minds as we look at this super important passage? God, I pray, Father, that you would so move that you would take the supernatural word of God and you would give a, you would give a revelation and impartation of truth. Because, God, these families, they really do want to raise kids another generation. So, God, would you show us how? Would you empower us? Would you ignite us? Would you, would you just do the countdown to blast off so that we take our families to a whole nother level? We believe it, and we receive it, and in Jesus' name we pray it. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Now, if you're of my generation, I remember Apollo. I remember Apollo 13 and, and space flight has gone a long way since then. But when NASA began to really deal with, was launching and taking a really unmanned craft out of the atmosphere into space, they had a really big problem. And the problem was achieving what is called escape velocity. To To get a craft that is heavy and big, to get a big enough engine Then it would blast off and get the first 27 miles and it would get beyond the gravitational pull of this world. And that's what we all want to do spiritually. We want to blow beyond the gravitational pull of this world. Well, the problem was you had to build a really heavy engine that required a lot of fuel. And you put all that fuel on, it made it too heavy, so you had to create a heavier engine that required more fuel that made it too heavy. That made a bigger engine that required, y'all, do y'all see the cycle? And that's what went on until they finally solved the problem. And really, it's the same problem that many families have. How do we escape, how do we achieve escape velocity and break the gravitational pull of this world that wants to pull us away from God, away from the house of God, away from the things of God, that wants to pull us out of the word of God, that wants to just sort of suck out the spirit of God that's in us? Are you, does that make sense? That wants to just drag us. How do we do that? So let me ask you a question. Are you frustrating? Are you filling your kids to go to a whole new level? Are you loading them down? Are you lifting them up? Again, Hebrews said, take out everything that so easily entangles and every sin that encumbers us and let us run the race with endurance. Nobody runs a marathon with ankle weights. They have these skimpy little shorts. Have you seen them? Really horrible. And then they got the tennis shoes that weigh like half a gram. And why they want to be able to run in this race that God has called us to. How are you fueling your family to blast off to a whole nother level with God, to blast off into their best life? How? So we want to look at a gentleman in Scripture in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, which means beginnings, who, who was a master of escape velocity. He was a, he was a deceiver. He was a thief, and he knew how to get out. He was no rocket scientist, but boy, did he know how to get out. He had a really famous father, and he had a really famous grandfather. So we're going to have a crash course. Again, this is going to be a two-part message. Now, if you've been around church for a while, you've heard this. 
the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So you already know it. It's the most famous family in all of the Bible. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who ends up having 12 sons who are the 12 tribes of Israel. And so Jacob is born. Jacob is a twin. He comes out of the womb fighting his older brother. Uh, and what, in Genesis 25, 26. Afterwards, his brother came forth with his hand holding onto Esau's heel. So his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was 60-year-old when the twins were born. Jacob means heel grabber. How'd you like to be called heel grabber? Hey, heel grabber, come on in. It's time for lunch. Heel grabber, that's a terrible name. Now, I'm going to take just a second and defend myself. Last weekend, Michelle shared an incredible message. But last weekend, she talked about me wanting to name our son, Zach, Elimelech. In my defense, do you know what Elimelech means? My God is king. Now, how'd you like to be called my God is king? It's Zachariah's a great name, my God will judge. But I like my God is king. We would have called him Eli, E-L-I. He could spell that. Come on, somebody. And let me ask you this. Which is harder to spell, Elimelech or Zechariah? <laughs> See, Michelle was so mad, she called my mother and her mother, and the three of them berated me about Elimelech. I still believe I was right, and Zach wants that name today. <laughs> now, he didn't name his son Elimelech, but maybe the next one's going to get that. So what are we naming the next generation? What future are you speaking over your kids? What are, what are you saying to them? Are you weighing down with talk of laziness or worthlessness? The sad thing is many of us were prophesied over you're worthless, you'll never stupid, you'll never amount to anything, you'll never make it. Maybe people spoke that negativity over you. Listen, God wants to speak life over you, not a self-failing prophecy, but a God-fulfilling prophecy. Are you with me? Man, we need to call our sons men of God and our daughters women of God. We need to speak to them that they're overcomers and they're, they're victorious. And you say, but they're not. The Bible says, speak to that which is not as though it is. Speak by faith. Man, man of God. That's what, whenever I talk to my boys, man, this, and, and they're men now, but it is, hey, man of God, tell me what's going on. Hey, man of God. Every, I just speak it. Hey, man of God. Does this make sense? What are you speaking over? Because people need to hear it. I had lunch Friday with my nephew, Adam. He goes to our Farragut campus. Mary got a little son named Maverick. And as we got ready to leave, I said, come here, come bring it in here. Gave a big hug and said, can I tell you something? I'm so proud of the man of God that you've grown into. So proud. What are you speaking over people? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, therefore encourage one another and build up one another, just as you also are doing. Build up, to build an edifice, the same word you use in building the temple. See, I don't know where we, where we miss this. We think this is for small group and maybe worship, but we don't think that we take our Bible home and we speak encouragement. You ought to be the most encouraging at the house. Does that make sense? Man, don't, 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 don't cut the spirit off when you get home. 
Man, walk in after work full of the Spirit of God. Walk in after school, encourage each other, building each other up. Does that make sense? So what we need to do is we've got to escape the negative names that people have given us. We're not hill grabber. We're not deceivers. We're men and women of God. We're word warriors. We are spirit-filled, radical sons and daughters of God, highly favored and well-blessed that God wants to give us a great future no matter our past. It's what God does. We want our children to escape insecurity and a lack of self-worth, a spirit of suicide that is literally killing a generation of teenage girls. Come on, no more. We don't need to lose a generation of sons and daughters. We need to lead them to the feet of one that loves them more than, more than we do. See, again, everything about the word happens at home, so we're talking about real people, the people you live with that have real problems, that need to experience from you real love. That's not strangers on the street. That's the people you live with that you give the least grace to. You need to give the most grace. It's your family. God's desire for the next generation is that, man, is that, is that they escape death, that they escape defeat, that they walk as overcomers and victorious. So Jacob, Jacob comes and Jacob is born second. And the second-born son doesn't get as much as the first-born son. The first-born daughter, forget that noise. That doesn't even matter. Is it fair? No, I didn't make the rules up. Come on, ladies, don't, don't shoot the messenger. But the eldest son got a double portion of inheritance. He would be the leader of the clan. He would ultimately step up. And so the little brother is devious. Aren't little brothers devious? Come on. If you ever have, I had two. They're just devious. So little brothers. And so what does Jacob do to Esau? He tricks him for his birthright. He ends up trading a bowl of beans for his birthright. Genesis 25, verse 29. When Jacob had cooked stew, Esau came in from the field, and he was famished. Esau said to Jacob, please let me have some of that red stuff. Well, I'm famished. Therefore, his name was called Edom, which means red. Jacob said, first sell me your birthright. He said, behold, I'm about to die. So what use is it, my birthright, to me? And Jacob said, first swear to me. So he swore to him, and he sold Jacob. He sold his birthright to Jacob for a bowl of beans. Now, Jacob is either really smart, and Esau is either really dumb. Are you with me? And what Esau forgot is there's a future. He came in hungry. Was he going to die? No. He wasn't going to die. He probably had breakfast before he went out. Hunt, went out. Maybe he'd gone 10 hours. But, but he wasn't going to die. He forgot there was a future. And you know when we make really bad decisions is when we forget there's a future. And some of us have, have failed to launch. We're stuck today because we made decisions forgetting that there was a future. Forgetting that, that, that there was, we just made a decision based on the day that we didn't think about the outcomes. Come on. We're going to live forever if you're born again. And so, man, our decisions matter. Now, we don't know what Esau was thinking of. He was hungry. Where was Rebekah? We don't know. Where was Isaac? We don't know. But the con job is only halfway done because now he's got the birthright, which means he gets more than Esau. Next, he wants the blessing of the father. He needs the father's blessing. And so he tricks his father into thinking he's Esau, put, put wool all over him, put his brother's clothes on. His mother set the whole deal up 
takes the food in, he eats it, then he blesses, he blesses Jacob and he prophesies over him. As soon as he's done, Esau comes in and said, bless me, I'm sorry, I don't know who was in, but they got your blessing. He said, it doesn't work that way. Actually, it does work that way. And see, here's the deal. We all want the Father's blessing. Some of you are still looking for the Father's blessing. Your dad didn't give it to you and he's gone and you're still looking for it. We have this innate desire for the Father's blessing. Twice God spoke to the Son audibly while he walked on the planet. He said the same thing both times. Both times. This is my beloved Son. There's, a, there's an acceptance. Man, in whom I am well pleased, there is an affirmation. We all desire the affirmation of the dad. What about the mom? I got that. Moms are so important. But we desire the blessing of the dad. Does this make sense? And you say, but, but, but I didn't get that. Man, I am stopped. I missed that. I've not achieved escape velocity. Guess what? Even if, it's, even if it's too late for your dad, your heavenly father will speak that blessing over you no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done. We serve a God of grace and love. No matter how bad you've been, no matter how low you've gone, you can launch from the love of God into the skies. So, the question is this, what are we teaching the next generation? What's your plan? Are you teaching them scripture? Are you, are you teaching them to memorize? Hey, can I tell you, when your kids are young, it's so easy to memorize verses. When Faith, our daughter, was four years old, she had 26 verses memorized at four. A, all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Believe, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. C, children obey your parents in the Lord. D, depart from evil and do good. Every, she got 26 letters and 26 verses. It was a piece of cake. So are you teaching them? Are you teaching kids how to pray? Are you praying over them? Are you showing them that the house of God and faithfulness into worship? Are you speaking life? Come on, are you with me? You said, but my parents didn't do that for me. Okay, I got that. Neither did mine, but you can do it for yours. But you got to have a plan. You've got to know. Ever wonder where Jacob learned to deceive? Well, his mother's the one that came up with a plan to steal the blessing. His father, Isaac, lied about his wife and said she was his sister. Abraham, his grandfather, did the very same thing, lied twice about his wife and said she was his sister. And that is the most famous family on planet Earth. There are three major world religions that call Abraham the father of faith. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam all go back. This is the most famous family on the face of the planet. There is no perfect launch path. Amen? Because we're all broken. There's no way. But you want to leave a legacy? You want to teach your kids to love God and be led by the Holy Spirit and help others do the same? Again, you don't want to miss next weekend. You, you don't want to miss it because it's, 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 it's important. Now, remember, if you were here last weekend, did Michelle do an incredible job in that message? Man, it's awesome. Only once a year does she share with you. She preaches at me every day. And so, but she talked about Naomi, whose life was so difficult, she changed her name to bitterness. And yet, even in the midst of the mess, she left a legacy in her daughter-in-law, Ruth, who married Boaz, who became the great, 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 great grandmother of Jesus. Come on. Here's what we got to do. We've got to escape generational gravity. Because some of us were born in godly, great homes. If you were, you need to rejoice. Are you with me? You need to rejoice. Psalm 78 says this, For he established testimony in who? 
Jacob. Jacob is a, is a synonym for Israel. And he appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers, that they should teach them to their. Hey, guys, men, men, if you're listening, say I am. God called you, man, to be the disciple of your kids, not your wife. Quit relinquishing your responsibility as a man of God to train your kids and giving them to your wife. Come on, boy. You didn't like that, did you? I love it when you don't like it. I really do. I love it when you don't like it. It's truth. Like it, lump it, or leave it. But it's truth. Teach your children that they may rise and tell them to, to their what? That they should put their confidence in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments and not be like there. Watch this. See, they had bad launch pads too. A stubborn and rebellious generation. A generation that did not prepare its and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Listen, you want to you plan? Help, listen, help prepare your kid's heart to love God and their spirit to be faithful to God. Don't let your kids think God is number five on the list. Teach your kids. You want them to avoid alcoholism and drug abuse. You want to avoid abuse, sexual and physical abuse. You want them to uh, avoid all those things. Then you've got to teach them how to live. See, all the sins that we committed, those of us that are born again, they're all forgiven. We are not trapped by our parents, nor are we trapped by what we did. Those of us that have a relationship with Jesus can sort of heights that we never believed. Listen, they don't have a pull on us anymore. We have the power to escape velocity. The Holy Spirit in you, the forgiveness of God is an escape. God's desire for you and for the next generation is victory, overcoming abundant life. People of God who are walking in joy of the Lord, that is their strength. And with a plan of God, come on, does this make any sense? This is what God wants. This is what God wants for us to do. Now, Esau didn't take this well. He lost his birthright and his blessing. And he said, I'm going to kill you, Jacob. Now, as long as, I mean, uh, yeah, Jacob, as long as Isaac was alive, Esau wasn't going to kill his brother. But he finally says, dad's about to die, I'm killing you. So Rebecca, the mother of Jacob and Esau said, I want you to go to Laban and go, go leave because your brother's going to kill you. And you go over there and stay and I'll send for you. He stayed 20 years. That's a whole generation in America, isn't it? It's a whole generation. We cannot lose a generation to the gospel. We cannot lose a generation to the culture war that rages in our country. We've got to teach our kids to walk with God. So what's your plan appointing your kids? They need to know, mom and dad, the most important thing in your life is God. Are you with me? My kids knew two things. I love God more than them, and I love their mother more than them. Because I told them, you guys are going to leave. It's going to be me and Michelle. Does that, does that make sense? Because they were going to enter into a world that they weren't going to be special. And they were going to get a participation trophy. And I was trying to train them early to love God. See, rockets are cool, not because they're rockets, because of where they're going. They're going to break orbit. They're going to space. They're going to orbit the moon or Mars. And, and, and a lot of people think maybe there's intelligent life. It's crazy that we go to the stars to seek intelligent life when the one who made the stars came here for us. His name is Jesus. 
He said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. So if you're ready to turn your life over to him, if you're ready to make him first, he's ready to be first. He's ready to speak the blessing, the Father's blessing over you. He's ready to walk you into victory that is inconceivable to our minds. So if you're ready to turn your life over to God with every head bowed and every eye closed, pray this simple prayer. Simple yet profound. Pray this with us. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. You died for me. I will live for you. Help me blast off and serve you with all that I am. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, all God's people said, that'd have been good to be in the house of the Lord. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me at any of our campuses, if you'll pull the communication card, it's in the seat back pocket. If you're online, you can click right there or go to the chat room. People are waiting for you. If you just opened your heart up, if you'll just take the communication card, put your name, cell phone, and email, and just check, I pray with the pastor. Or maybe you're ready for baptism, check that box. Or if you've not been in next steps, that happens the second weekend, just go ahead and check that box. And then drop in the offering bucket when it comes by in a few minutes. If you're a guest, all we ask is the communication card. We actually don't want your money. We actually have a gift for you when you're leaving at the information we'd love to, uh, tables we'd love to give you. We're thrilled. But so as, as we move into worship and giving, because the scripture said, don't come into the house of the Lord empty-handed. Man, it is incredible. John 3, 16 says this, for God so loved that God gave. We are so like God when we are generous, when we are giving. Not that we're going to get anything back. We just are givers. And because of that, God is moving. Because of that, people are being saved. Because of that, our campuses are expanding. It's incredible. So if you're a regular attender, you've been coming for a while, I'm just going to encourage you to enter into the journey, the generosity journey with us. Maybe you'll move up another level. I know hundreds of families committed to go up a level and you say, Pastor, I made that commitment, but you don't understand how scared I am. Stepping out by faith does not mean that you are not afraid. It just means that your faith is going to overcome your fear. And you'll see what God will do. So be faithful. Amen. Be faithful. And and maybe you're already stashing back for Heart for the Harvest that's coming up in November. We always invite people to take your next step in worship and generosity and serving. We're just here to help people take their next step to draw closer to God. Because there's no doubt a life with God is always better than a life without God. Do you agree with that? And so God, as we prepare to give, would you move in a supernatural way? Would you bless the gift and the giver? People have given online all week. God, would you bless? And Father, would you meet those new people, that are, the, the folks that are joining the generosity journey, would you meet them in such a financial miracle that they would understand and they would become generous people the rest of their lives? God, use us. Bless, Father, is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, give him a shout as we get ready to give.